This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we are dutiful about our musical crucible of discussing the songs so they are disputable, and finally, rating the songs so they are computable. Although sometimes we are accused of being juvenile, although I think that is refutable. I am Tracy, your host, and tonight I am joined by... Aaron. And Michelle. <laughs> and this week's song is pretty close to acoustical. What if you were not just for sure? What if you were not good to go? What if you were simply not so beautiful? Welcome as we examine beautiful off Bare Naked Ladies Are Men from 2007. But it can also be found on the bathroom sessions. This is a song that was written by Paige Robertson. And Ed sings the lead on it. So why don't we jump right into the musical aspects? This is a, a musical masterpiece, I think. So let's let's jump into it. Break down, break down, break down. Aaron's gonna talk about construction and time. Yeah, this is a really uh, interesting song for me to to listen to. Um, so beautiful. It's uh, in the studio recording. It's about 142 beats per minute. Uh, it's in the key of B major, which, as far as I can recall from the songs we've covered thus far, is fairly unusual. We've heard a lot of A and E and C, which, as it happens, are keys that I write in frequently. For some reason, I tend to write in keys with very few sharps. If any, I tend to gravitate, uh, gravitate towards keys with flats. Fun fact. <laughs> yes, so it's the key of B major. The intro is just on the piano. It just vamps the two major chords that we hear back and forth for the majority of the song. Uh, what you hear throughout, now this, <laughs> the, the structure of this song is very interesting, and as I was listening to it, I made notes, I went back and, and deleted things, and erased things, and wrote over things, and I've got these, I've got a lot of exclamation marks and question marks written as I was taking notes listening to this song. It's almost like I'm doing chess notation. It's got the intro, you've got verse one, which is A, it's your A structure, it's, uh, it's actually the B major seven chord going up to an E major chord, and then back down and just vamping on that. Verse 2, because I, I actually listened, and every other time we hear the verse, it's half the length. So I'm assuming two verses right out the gate. Verse 1, verse 2, with your A structure. And then the chorus, or so it would seem. Beautiful, isn't she beautiful, paid to be. Except that the chords do not change. It's the same exact two chords, vamping. So we've got A, A, B. It's, I mean, the, the, even though the chords don't change, the feel changes a little and the, the, the melodic flow changes a little. So I'm going to call it the chorus and it repeats, you know, so that I'm going to call it the chorus. Verse three, again, we're still on the same damn two chords. Uh, <laughs> then we get to what I wrote as bridge, question mark, C. And not much else, not much. 
shells going on. So you've got new chord changes. This happens at about one minute and three seconds into the song. New chord changes, and you can hear the bass go G sharp, F sharp, C sharp, D sharp, E sharp, leading you primed to go back down to B major seven. So again, back into now you would think maybe the verse, but no, it goes into the chorus. So now we've got we've got verse, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, maybe chorus. There's an instrumental interlude with piano and flute, which I did not assign a letter because it's so short. But it's back to the same chord changes. And now we have verse 4, so that would be another A. And then a second bridge, which I wanted so badly to be the same chord changes as what I was labeling as the first bridge, but it's not quite. The second bridge is actually E major 6 to B major. So it's almost a reverse of, it's like symmetrical to the verse slash chorus changes where you have a B major 7 and uh, an E major. In the second bridge, it's E major 6 to B major. That's beauty disappears. And then it goes to back to the chorus, B. So we're back to B major 7, E major. And then we have the chorus again on the outro. So I guess that would be an A, A, B, A, C, B, A, D, B, B. Very strange chord structure. I have not heard a lot of... I mean, I'm sure I've heard more songs with, with multiple bridges than I would think. I, I, I think of things like um, Band on the Run and um, you know Day in the Life and Bohemian Rhapsody, certainly. There's got to be chords with multiple... Right. Songs with multiple bridges. But those songs are usually so ever-changing. And this it's it's I think that the two bridges stand out quite a lot more in this song because, for the most part... It's just vamping back and forth between these two chords, and it's a very calm, and it's a very kind of very repetitive and very, very zen-like song. Uh, and then you suddenly have these, these what I'm going to call two bridges. Bridges to nowhere, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> two bridges, which, which stand out very much. And it, clearly this was done you know, intent, with, with intent, and there's, there's some interesting interesting ideas going on here this is definitely a, structurally one of the more interesting songs that i think we've looked at thus far what did you make of the so that that second time we come back to the chorus mm-hmm. or the second time we second chorus that we have at, rather different than the first chorus so like last last week we also talked about how the choruses were different a little bit too by changing one or two words yeah. within within ballad of gordon but this one is Ed goes from this very... You have Stephen singing Beautiful, and then Ed sings these in-between spots. Beautiful, isn't she? Beautiful, made to be. Right. And then the second chorus, you have Ed, you have Stephen singing the beautiful, and then you have the Ed doing the word-speaking kind of thing, but doing it silently in, in almost at a whisper. Beautiful, every time she walks which is completely different than chorus number one that came before. And then the third time we come back to the chorus, you have a mixture of chorus one and chorus two kind of overlapping each other. Yeah, exactly. Which is, so, so what was your thought on that? That's... I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I wish, I, I really wish Bobby were here for this one, to be honest, because he's always so great with the, um, the lyric, the lyrical examination. Um, I haven't spent as much time, you know, kind of examining the lyrics, um, so, I mean, I'm sure there's probably something thematic going on here that uh, if I spent a little more time kind of diving into, I could probably find what they were intending to go for with that. But 
Uh, just looking really quickly at the lyrics, you know, beautiful. the first verse, beautiful isn't she, beautiful paid to be, beautiful when I see, beautiful shame on me. Um, the second verse, beautiful every time she walks in the room, the heads turn, uh, heads will turn to find her. Everything she says, I simply say, I never mind. Uh, everyone she seem, everyone she sees seems to ignore the whole experience. Everyone she sees me, every time she sees me checking her appearance. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe Michelle can shed some light on like what you think the themes of the song are, how, how the lyrics kind of uh, play into it. But I mean, I would assume they're trying to do something, whether, um, you know, knowing them just over the, the handful of a couple of handfuls, I guess, of songs that we've done thus far. I would assume there's some intent with this and maybe changing who, you know, who's playing what role in the chorus is changing the point of view of the narrator or changing the would be narrator. Uh, maybe we're changing the kind of uh, take on what's happening. But yeah, I would, I would be very curious to hear what Michelle has to say on it from a lyrical analysis uh, perspective. And maybe I could find something that meshes well with that uh, for what's going on with the music. The music is lovely. It's beautiful. <laughs> I loved the music. I, I sense um, a butt coming. The, the bathroom sessions were... I always I love the bathroom sessions for all yeah. of the songs that they do. But um, these were especially great having I Stephen agree. there I agree. and him just kind of like behind Ed, you know, just like at the ready. I just thought that was hilarious. However, <laughs> however, however, <laughs> once we get into the lyrics, it just <laughs> I'm irritated. I feel like this song makes me want to break up with Stephen and Ed. I'm breaking wow, up that that powerfully. Wow, all right. Tell us why. Well, I just and I was thinking about this before we got on to this. I'm like, I am totally outnumbered here. Like this is a guy <laughs> song. Yeah, and it's that two is definitely guys. true. It's you two and it's Steven and Ed against me. And <laughs> I'm gonna be the only one who sees it this way. And I hope the women who listen to this podcast are with me on this Uh-oh. one. Um, I, I've got a kind of a, I'm, I'm standing in for Bobby. Basically I, the lyrical breakdown, I'm going to try not to hog the show, but the lyrics are interesting. Um, the, the turn of phrase lends me to believe that it's Ed that wrote it. Like it feels like his lyrics, you know how it, um, even just at the beginning, what if you were not just for show? What if you were not good to go? What if you were simply not so beautiful? You know what I mean? Like the way the phrasing works, it feels very Ed to me. Oh, yeah. It, it does feel very much like Ed. And I just feel like the subject matter, I mean, on one hand, you could think of it as a confessional. Like he is talking about his, his own perceptions um, on this person like what he thinks about this person who is beautiful and that's why he likes her. And what if he was blind? Would he still be looking for beautiful? And I just feel like it just shows it hit me the wrong way. It just hit me like this is how men think, which I guess is fine if that's how, how men think, but I just don't agree with it. I feel like it's not very, I expect more from them. I expect more from Ed. I expect him to be an elevated human. And yes, he's a Scorpio. Yes, 
if this, you know, Stephen is writing this, yes, we know Stephen's stuff, and that's fine. But I just feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God bless Poor him. Stephen. I, I love, I am all about, I am Team Stephen. You know what I mean? Like, I totally am. And he's what makes the Bare Naked Ladies well, interesting to me. can I ask but you, I, go ahead, sir. Yes, it, no, go ahead. Please I, stop I, me. Well, no, no, because I'm not trying, I'm trying, I'm actually trying to dig deeper here. Because I want, yes. I wanted to know specifically what... Like what lyrics were upsetting you, or what? What? Because I can I can kind of guess with the thrust of the song, but like I would like to hear specifically what was getting to you, or, or annoying you, or irking you about this. Are you saying you don't want to mansplain? Well, it's no, her. I, it's her. I don't feel. I don't feel like Aaron is mansplaining. I'm asking at all. I for think... her to to. And I am... right. No, no, no. I'm saying you don't want to. You <laughs> yeah. want you want to hear from I want her, her, like perspective. What, yeah. Where, where this perspective? Comes oh, from. good. Yeah. Oh, I'll stop you if you guys start mansplaining. <laughs> I will. Oh, stop. listen, Michelle. Oh, uh, the I thing is that stop. men like pretty girls, and uh, that's the thing. So you do. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no, no. There's there, there will be no mansplaining on this podcast. I will reach through the microphone and put an end to it. Um, and, and on one hand, maybe I'm taking it too personally, cause this has been something that has always bothered me. Like it doesn't matter how great a woman's intellect or personality or compassion or whatever, it doesn't matter how great all those things are. If it's packaged in a great shell, perfect. If it's not packaged in a great shell, well, that's too bad, but we're going to go for the great shell. And if you're an empty, vapid um, nothing. It, you know what I mean? So I just, it, you, I, I'm kind of shocked by your shock, Tracy, because, um, it, <laughs> oh, you, see, I took this from a completely different point of view. Do you not see that in society though? Oh, I see that oh, in society. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought I'm this like, was actually, I thought this was Ed actually countering that. Well, I thought, I thought so at first, but then as we got going into it, I'm like, I don't think this is what that is. And it's upsetting me. Um, I I have to say, I was, I did kind of think it was funny when he said, you know, uh, one of the lines, um, scoping out the room's not a sin. Like that, that was kind of funny to me. Like that's the self-confessional stuff that I would expect from bare naked ladies. And that's what I love about that. That was my favorite line. Yes. I thought so too, but I just, um, you know, the whole, every time she walks in the room, their heads turn to find Mm -hmm. her beautiful. Everything she says, I simply say, never mind. Beautiful. Like he's under this person's spell just because she has a pretty face and granted, I like a pretty face too, you know, like if there's, um, who can I, um, Johnny Depp in his younger days, you know what I mean? Or, um, Ed for God's sake, you know what I mean? Like he's got a pretty face, you know what Mm. I mean? So I get it. I get it. But I just, I don't want, I don't don't want the bare naked ladies to be showing me this part of them. I want their intellect and their wit and their humor. I don't want their base male nature it's upsetting well i don't want to mansplain here so but let me but let me see if i can save this song in your eyes because i i have a theory and i you you know bnl better than i do both you and tracy know them much better so but just taking with a grain of salt from what i know of canadian comedy it the canadian sense of humor is is very self-effacing first of all it's also very very well i don't say it's very dry it's probably slightly less dry 
than like British humor, but it's somewhere in the middle between American and British. It's, it's certainly yes. more dry. So the thing is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna my area of expertise here is, is music, right? When I heard this song, it, it, it something. I, I swore that I'd heard it before, and maybe I simply have. Maybe I was over at it Tracy's place. It does sound place. familiar. Maybe it has I was a at familiar... Tracy... Right. Right. Well, you know, it has that. I'm, it has that rumba salsa I'm going type somewhere with feel. this. So I, at okay. first okay. I was like, well, maybe I heard it at Tracy's place. We were playing poker one night or something like that, and he just had this on in the background. It's entirely possible. But the more I listen to it, I mean, what, how would you guys classify this song? I personally would call it almost like lounge music. Yes. Right? Sort of, yeah. It's got this really, like, the more I think about it, the more I think it makes me think of the song like The Girl from Ipanema, right? Yeah. So you think of a song like The Girl from Ipanema, and that would seem to be, you know, kind of what what Michelle is perceiving this song to be. So I wonder if, because when you think of, the thing is, guys, I actually kind of like lounge music. When I was younger, I would have scoffed at the idea, but... I got into it through this, these like bands that started to do it ironically. So back in like the late '90s, there was an album called Lounge Palooza. It mm-hmm. had a bunch of yes. famous. It's a yes. great album. It's a great oh, album. Yeah. Had a bunch of famous alternative bands doing covers of lounge songs, or lounge bands doing covers of alternative songs. So there was one that was like I think it was like Steve and Edie. They did uh, Black Hole Sun. It was an amazing cover. Um, and then Ben Folds did She Don't Use Jelly by the Flaming Lips, but he did it in this, the lounge style. And I remember really digging that. And uh, then, like, a few years later, like in 2000, we had Richard Cheese. And I, I love me some Richard Cheese. Oh, That's what I was trying to think of, Richard Cheese. I yes. love Richard Cheese. But the thing is, Lounge I, Palooza... When you say ahead. Richard Cheese, I just have to give my friend James Hussier a yeah. shout-out because he loves him. So, James, if you're listening... <laughs> Hello. Richard Cheese is fantastic. Okay. But the reason I bring it up is because like these bands, these are American bands and American artists. And we tend to when we're when we're satirical and when we are uh, uh when we're doing parody and satire, we're, we tend to be a little more over the top. We tend to be very much winking at the camera, very obvious about it. Uh think Weird Al. There's nothing subtle about Weird Al. I mean, that's why we love him. But that's that's you know that's what he does. I think Canadians tend to be a little bit more on on the nose and playing it straight. So I wonder if this was their take on lounge, and maybe like I can I can just picture Ed just kind of strumming and just having these two chords and going back and forth, and then Stephen kind of making a sarcastic remark like, "Well, you're working on a lounge song there," and they're like, "Yeah, wait, we could do something like the girl from Ipanema." So to me, like the the lyrics about oh this beautiful girl you see her walking that's the girl from Ipanema right there. I, I wonder if they're maybe making fun of that a little bit, and that's why that line, especially uh, scoping out the room's not a sin, that really made me chuckle. And I was like, yeah, this is the kind of song that you know the middle aged guy is playing, and and his girlfriend or wife kind of like rolls their eyes and he's like, hey, you know, whatever, there's nothing wrong. I'm just looking. I'm not, you know, that to me that's kind of funny, and and I wonder how much of this is to be taken seriously, and how much is. You know, it's certainly not over the top, but I wonder if it's a little bit of them kind of winking at us. Um, it doesn't have, you know, you don't have to like this song. Um, I kind of like it. It's, it's like I said, it was a very, it was a musical oddity for me, and a lot of what I like about it is, uh, you know, how strange the the structure is, even though it's seemingly quite simple, and especially you know mo- the majority of the song is going back and forth between two chords. Um, like you, uh, Michelle, I loved the bathroom sessions on this. And in fact, I it's kind of funny. This is a great one for me to do this on 
but I have traditionally listened to the studio song many, many times, then gone and listened to the bathroom sessions. With this one, I just happened to say, you know what, let me listen to the bathroom session first, because then I can appreciate you know, the, the more the, the lush instrumentality on the studio version later, and I can just kind of enjoy the, strong, the, the, the structure and the, the, you know, the, the melody of the song. And it happens to be, I, I loaded it up, and I saw Steven in the background, and I smiled. I was like, oh, this is great, I can't wait. And then he comes in to do the vocal harmonies, and you can really appreciate the vocal harmonies because it's just the, the guitar and the voices. And I oh, really I liked it. And then, yeah. then when I went to the studio and I heard the flute and everything, again, to me, the flute, it, it was walking that line between how seriously should I take this? Because the flute, it was beautiful, like the song, uh, but it was also very kind of like over the top, like very flowery and the flute's gone all over the place it's like uh, it reminded me of that scene from the weather uh, not the weatherman oh god that's a nicholas cage movie uh the anchorman where uh will ferrell's following the girl around playing the yaw's flute you know it's, it's like jethro tull but like so i don't know i i i like this song a lot speaking it, of which by the way jim is the one that did the the flute arrangement, arrangement. he did the flute arrangement yeah that so, was some good there stuff. was another person that did the flute um carolyn so carolyn rickards did the did the flute but jim was the one that arranged it so mm. so i mean i and again i i don't know michelle like i i can't tell you what they were thinking when they wrote it that's just kind of how i interpret it even then not loving the lyrics it's not their best work by any stretch of the imagination can i, take, can I tell you please, my take on the please, lyrics Tracy. i just need to say okay. one thing before you do sure i i haven't been able to get a sentence like specify what bothers me. Mm. I just know it left a bad taste mm. in my mouth. And as you were talking and I was thinking about it, I don't like that. I feel that they're objectifying mm -hmm. the women right, in yeah. the song. That's what bothers me because I expect yeah. so much more from that. And that is so unlike them. I always feel like any kind of relationship stuff they talk about, it's totally not in an objectifying sense. It's about person to person. Yeah, there might be um, screw-ups or infidelities mm. or weirdness or crazy, but it's always person to person. It's not... I agree. There's I agree, an object yeah. that I'm looking at, and now, that is what is disappointing me, and that's why I'm breaking up with Ed and Steve, <laughs> and they're going to have to win <laughs> oh, that over... Come on the show. Win Michelle back. So, so I, I, I wanna, Wait, Tracy, one second. I'm really sorry. I don't... Okay. First of all, I wanted to interrupt you because I would feel better than I would if I interrupted Michelle. <laughs> no, uh, I wanted to interrupt you because I, I, I want to let you just go. But I did want to just respond to that because I think Michelle's got a really valid point. And that, I think that's really kind of what I was disappointed with in the lyrics as well. Is that the lyrics themselves are so surface level. It's all surface level. It's all, I mean, what more than yes. skin deep, right? That's, but that's, so there's like these little hints at something else. So my question to you, Michelle, and then Tracy, please, by all means, just take it away. I have one question for Michelle, and that is if the lyrics were a little more self-examining, if they were a little more confessional, if this was a song that very clearly, because I think it might be this, but I don't know, but if it were very clearly a song that was a confessional song about a moment of weakness where you realize, like, oh, I really shouldn't be thinking about her that way, would that then make it a much better song, in your opinion? 100%, yes. If it, if it And I went into it thinking that that's what it was, but then as it kept going, I thought, I kept getting a sick feeling and I'm like, I don't think that's what it is. And I just didn't like it. If it was more clear that yes, mm -hmm. this is about the person singing it, not about the object that they're looking at. That is also a woman. 
um, I think I would feel better about it. So I feel like you're you're getting where I'm coming from, Aaron, and I appreciate that. Most definitely. <laughs> and I think I, I understand where actually Aaron kind of took off, and, and I, that was kind of where I was going to go, is I actually, that's the feel I get from this song, is not so much, I think it, there is a possibility that it is being confessional here. Um, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Although Ed is a family man, he has been with his wife for a very long time. Um, I almost get that kind of where, and I couldn't put words to it as well until until you kind of said this, Aaron. It's that Canadian way of examining things that I get the feel that that might be what's going on here. That that was where I was coming from with this song. Mm. Is not that Ed was necessarily. Um, saying that this was a great thing. There's that line where he says that that you had mentioned before, scoping out the room is not a sin, where we can take that as him trying to trying to uh, justify yes, indeed. this. But I almost think in reading the rest of the lyrics, he's not justifying it so much as turning the scope and putting a microscope onto these types of things that people are saying. And I, and I, get that with some of the other things that he says throughout the song not that he is saying that that watching people and judging them by their looks is the right thing to do but we need to stop doing that 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 when we do that and it's human nature to do that but when we do that we do objectify objectify people but he's doing it in this very hidden type way using poetry <coughs> So he says things like, what if you were not thin and tall? What if you were dumb with it all? What if you were not baby doll beautiful? Mm. And I get the feeling like what he's saying with that is like, if we strip away all these things that are that are outwardly beauty, would I still be attracted to you? And throughout the whole song, he keep, keeps coming back to this like, yeah, there's the beauty, but there's things that are much more deep and much more within. And uh, those are the more important things. You know, he comes back to that later on where, where he's, saying and what if i one day i wake up blind and would i go on losing my mind groping in the dark just to find beautiful and what i take from that is him saying like there's something more that needs to be underneath it can't just be this beauty and if you strip away the beauty is that am i going to be attracted to the thing that's underneath and i think he's shining a light on on the human experience of us doing that initial physical attraction um and mm. and kind of saying like it's we need to not just be focusing on the human attraction. It, there's a human piece to that, but we need to go a step beyond that. And and but we don't. You know. <laughs> well, he does say right. beauty disappears, <clears throat> boredom perseveres. So I think um, personally speaking for myself, I'd rather be interesting than beautiful any day. <laughs> oh, me too. But that's the thing that I've always I I feel like. That's the thing that has always bothered me about the world, you know, the, or our society anyway, maybe not the whole world, but our society definitely values form over function and beauty over to, substance. Yeah. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing. And I don't really see if, if this was more clear that it was, um, I shouldn't be doing this, then that would be interesting. But it's not clear. It's sort of like, yeah, this is how I am. This is what I do. And it's just, it's a disappointment. So I I'm wonder, disappointed. 
Well, I, I think he does do that, though, with the lines like, hoping that is deeper than skin, open to the beauty within, scoping out the rooms. Before he comes to the scoping out the rooms, not a sin, he's kind of saying, like, I, yeah, I'm attracted to this beauty, but I'm well, hoping there's imagine more that underneath. maybe the song isn't about preaching a topic so much as it is presenting a moment in time. Like, maybe this is everything that's going on through his head as he sees this beautiful woman. So maybe there's, maybe oh, that's it could be confessional and that he, he, there's more of, hey, she's really hot than he would like. And he's saying, you know, like, I, I got to own up to this in a minute. I'm not, I, I have no idea if that, Ed, Ed and Steve, please come on the show. Right. We're all, <laughs> I have no idea. Ed. <laughs> As always, Ed, we are, we are butt on the show tearing apart a song and too. explain yourself. Our, to our last episode would be so great if they were, if they were Break on. this down and... <laughs> With Steven, and you guys can yeah. talk about this song. But I, I and may, maybe it's talking about a chocolate cake. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, like, I I just <laughs> I, could be I I mean genderizing I've been the a, cake. That's right. I've been a fan for a very long time, yeah. but this is the first time I've even with Steven's whole leaving of the band, mm -hmm. like that made sense. Like after listening to their lyrics for you know ten, fifteen, twenty years. I was not shocked when all of that happened. Like it was all in the lyrics. We weren't surprised that that happened. Um, but this is the first time I've been disappointed by them. And it's just, I'm having a hard time processing it. So I'm kind of glad that we have the podcast that I can, can talk, talk about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I don't know what was totally their intent behind it. I do like the song. And I think like, I'm kind of, it's funny. I'm kind of like halfway between you guys. Cause I think, I think it sounds like Tracy's a bit more enthusiastic about the song than I am, and Michelle's a little less enthusiastic than I am. I like it quite a bit. I do have you know, I have some issues with it, but overall, I really like it. And I do I do tend to think of it. I come at it from the angle of I think that again we all gravitated. It's interesting towards that one line, scoping out the rooms not a sin, because I to me that's something that you say to yourself. That's you're trying to say, oh, well, you know, whatever. I, I made a mistake, but you know that's, that's, that's what people do. That's human. Um, it reminds me of the movie The Big Kahuna, based on the play Hospitality Suite. All takes place in room, one room, more or less. It's like three salesmen, and it sounds like a really boring thing, like three salesmen talking. <laughs> that's the that's the film, and they, but they talk about life, the universe, and everything, right? And it's really interesting. And I, I, it's 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 sad now that one of my favorite actors, Kevin Spacey, has unfortunately I can't even say his name now without associating it with terrible things that he has done but he was a fantastic actor i'm still i'm sure he still is and uh he has a but he has he has a line in that movie where he says there's nothing wrong with checking out the scenery as long as you're only checking out the scenery and it's funny because to me i immediately thought of that line but now with all the reveals of everything that kevin spacey's been involved with that line takes on a very different read as well <laughs> and i have a different right. interpretation of it and i don't feel the same way about it as i used to so and what is the line of checking out? Like one person's checking out is another person's yeah, groping. That's so, well. That's also you know very, I mean? that's very true as well. Right. Like we could, and I feel like part of my view of this song could be um, uh, through the lens of what's happening in our current society. So that's yeah. certainly, you know, something to be said for. Um, would I have? heard this song the same way five years ago i don't know um but today that's true this song was done over 10 years ago so it's a very different time mm -hmm. when when you know a different culture at that the point. thin and tall bothered me too of course that's always going to bother me but 
Um, I like them short and sweet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I do want to say my my biggest problem with this song, and it didn't like the, the beauty of the music mm-hmm. kind of takes me away, and so it makes me not think about this line. Well, it's not so much a line, but just the feel of the song is that throughout the song, Ed continues to come back to this idea that nothing much else mm. is going on underneath the beauty. Um, which, you know, the first couple times... But I'm he's still that, there. Hmm? Mm. He's still there, though. Right. You know what I mean? That's the part that bothers me. Well, see, I think it's I think it's sort of like... What, what keeps coming back to me is sort of like, Aaron, you put it best. Like, in my mind's eye, it was mm. this kind of like you're at a party and, and scoping out the room. And everyone else is scoping out the room. And then comes this model. and Because, you know, she's paid to be beautiful, so it must be a model. Um, and, and kind of like this, this thing about how we view models... The part that really bothered me at points when I when I thought about it is nothing much else going on because right okay we all know people that don't match what we find interesting and a lot of society has you know we have these jokes about quote unquote dumb blondes and and things like this so so people that are beautiful that aren't intelligent and things like that my problem that kept like entering in and bothering me and is that if you were to ask the person that married her, if you were to ask her herself, does she have not much else going on that she's not intelligent, that she doesn't have strengths other than her beauty. I don't think that most people out there would, would say that, that they have nothing more going on than just their beauty. And so it's, it's very objectifying to to do that and to say that they have nothing much else going on. They do have other strengths, but we are minimizing what those strengths are when we say that intelligence isn't one of them. Um, and so that that did bother me. Yeah, it's a yeah. very feministic thing to say. Which just, it like got under my skin and bothered me on a very deep level. And it's shocking to me because I never would expect that <coughs> from these guys like you know if it was kid rock or ted nugent for christ's sake i would you know like of course they're going to be douchebags i do not <laughs> expect that from the bare naked ladies yeah no that's i think that's a fair point and uh, and i agree you know i mean it may have we can hope that maybe it was just them being a little too subtle with their uh with their wordplay or something but um yeah, no, I know. I I do agree. You know, I think you know what I mean. Maybe there's not much else going on in this song. Maybe we're giving it too much credit. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just a beautiful song. You know what? That is interesting, Aaron. Mm. God, could you imagine if that is the point? That at mind the blown, point, right? Because that actually point... could be a really great a great way to do that. I don't know. And then when I don't we know. tear it I'm apart, kinda... it has nothing much else going on. <laughs> be, be, because the music is beautiful. <laughs> I could listen to the the instrumental Hold version on. of this song oh, all day long. Gorgeous. I wanna I wanna read the lyrics of this song now, and every time they say she, I'm gonna like think about the song. The song is a she. Okay. Mm. Because maybe that Yeah, right. That would make me feel a lot better. So what if you were know, maybe not I'm just, just trying to justify. for show? What if you were not good to go? 
What if you were not simply so beautiful? The second verse doesn't really. Yeah, the second line. The thin and tall. The thin and tall is very. Yeah, that does seem to be very much. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm. But I love that thought. I love the possibility of that thought. Let's flip. Let's let's make it. And that would be very them too. Like let's make it sound like it's about this, but it's really about this. Right. Well, another line I'd like to bring your attention to is everyone she sees seems to ignore the whole experience. So maybe there is a lot more going on there, but people are just so obsessed and focused on the physical beauty that they don't even bother looking for it. Every time she sees me checking her appearance, that bothers me. That gets under my skin a little bit. Like, no, Ed, we don't want to be objectified like that. I think How Ed dare think you? knows that. We expect more from you than that. Yeah, we hold you to a high standard. I hold them to a higher standard. I want them to... I don't know. I just... I hope we don't get a lot of haters on this one. <laughs> well, I don't think no, we I'm will. Just thinking I mean, of like, I'm thinking of... This is Spinal Tap. Smell the glove. <laughs> That's, this oh. is one of those tough songs because it's so musically interesting and it and it's musically fantastic i love and that's why i gave it such a high score is before the sound of it but the lyrics are just well even the um, sound of the lyrics though like the you get you get the sound of the music which is gorgeous you have the sound of the voices and you know including their harmonies yeah that's nice too which is, it's just the lyrics themselves yeah. that really bother and, me and the way that they rhyme throughout the song the way the song kind of has this rhythm in the words the way the r- rhythm goes and the way they play with the different the different rhythms throughout the music with their voices also is really interesting and charismatic but then so you know depending on which way you're taking what this song means can have a very ugly meaning or a very mm. beautiful meaning. Well, right what, now what it's if, ugly for me. <laughs> what if this were what if this were a group of women singing about a man in the same way? I yeah, I'd still feel it, I guess it depends still... once again what the point of the, which which direction they're trying to be. Are they trying yeah. to be shining the mirror on the ugliness of this human experience and how we treat it or are they trying to like justify this human experience because i think if they're doing what 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 michelle is feeling which is that they're justifying it then it's still an ugly ugly sentiment my interpretation remains it's the it's a moment of confession that they caught themselves trying to justify it right that yeah there's that moment that, of justifying that's how i like, yeah that was shame on me that's how i'm reading it but i agree that they could have maybe done a little more to make that obvious i think yeah. michelle's right to say like because because i don't know i can't say that unequivocally i can't say for sure that's what their intent right. was and nor can i i mean yeah. really i don't know i didn't write the song but i know how it <laughs> yeah it, it leaves it a bad me. taste in your mouth and i completely get that and i understand why without needing to have you yeah i understand all right. So that I was like, I don't even want to do this. I'm going to call in sick. <laughs> they can do this without me. <laughs> Sorry, but guys. I'm not like, feeling the worst show. No, I'm really of it. glad. I'm really glad that you didn't do that, Michelle, because I think your perspective is the most interesting and relevant. I agree. I felt like I had to stand up for the women. I'm like, yeah. you know what? If this is the case, I need to make my voice heard. I you don't can't want this to be them... a boys' club. I don't want this frigging to be a boys' club, and <laughs> you know, have them. 
ogle the, the Tracy, the, next episode, you and I got to be smoking cigars and drinking scotch. Jesus. I will reach through the iPhone and slap both of you. We, we need to be wearing like, listen, those, doll. those masterpiece listen, doll, theater, we're, like, vests. We're modern men. We listen to what broads have to say. Yeah. With your, you, gotta, you, you have a big pinky ring and you need yeah. your gold medallion. And you need Wait, are we couple, in the mob now? You need a couple of broads on either broads. shoulder. <laughs> That's why they say I got broad shoulders, you know what I mean? Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> I'll do my just best uh, Groucho Marx. That whole, that whole thing, I just can't. I, will, you, you will I can't imagine un- why. You, you'll see me come unglued, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, maybe we should do yeah. ratings. <laughs> Yes. I'm afraid to see what I, you're gonna what you're gonna give us for a scale. <laughs> I well, I couldn't decide. I didn't really know what to do, and I had something else. But then Aaron mentioned the two bridges to nowhere, so we've already <laughs> given bridges to nowhere as yeah. a reference uh, as a rating. So I put bridges to nowhere too, and I thought that was fine. I I just I hadn't I couldn't come up with anything else that would be good. Chauvinist. Uh, I gave the song a. <laughs> I gave the song a 3.5 actually. You know, musically it's beautiful. Um but lyrically I hated it. But you know, if it was on and I wasn't listening to the lyrics, I would enjoy it. So, I gave it a 3.5. I'm going to put a star next to it though. Just because <laughs> just to show my dissatisfaction. Yeah. Like, like I couldn't give it a one like I gave um, the monkey song because, uh, <laughs> the monkey song. The, or whatever. The she won't even, the song that shall not be named. <laughs> the song that shall not be named. Lord like Voldemort. That, Lord, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, that song like irritated me. This you one and Bobby just, sandbagged that. I still don't think that's fair. <laughs> it's a ripoff of One Week, and I stand They're by ripping that. themselves off. It's oh, like wait Dan, Dan Fogarty suing himself for sounding like himself. Right, as he should. Uh, so anyway, I give it a 3.5. Aaron, what did you give this song? So I liked it more than Michelle, but honestly, <laughs> I, I share her concerns about the lyrics and, you know, even though I do think there's some really interesting things going on musically, and I could listen to this again, um, for, you know, really, this reminds me of my dad is a big Jack Johnson fan. I'm not a big Jack Johnson fan. And he's kind of softcore date rapey a little bit in his lyrics, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Andrew J's well, Don't Clay. sue. Andrew Please Jace. don't sue. <laughs> you know but, what? Um... You're right. You're That's... Yes, we need to so, call that shit out. Let's yeah. call it out. It's yeah. true. It's so, true. So anyway, that, nothing against Jack Johnson as a person. I don't know the guy. But I, I, and the thing is, I've never really liked Jack Johnson, but Dad used to play Jack Johnson out in the pool at summer when we were... And you know what? While I'm laying on a little inner tube, closing my eyes and the sun's shining down on me, Jack Johnson is not that bad. So this seems like a... This is a Jack Johnson kind of pool, relaxed by the pool song, or on the beach, certainly, with the waves yes. crashing. I could see this being very lovely for that kind of thing. It's a very pleasant thing to listen to. I mm. agree that the, the lyrics... Uh, I don't want to use uh, buzzwords, but they may be a little problematic. Um, and, you know, I have, I have issues with it, but I do like it overall. I didn't like it quite as much as Aluminum. I didn't like it quite as much as Bag of Bones. And therefore, I am giving it 3.75 Bridges to Nowhere. You know what? I just, before Tracy gives his review, um, I just have to address that comment. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, you're listening to the song and it's nice, but then it's like, why do I feel so upset? Mm. Why, 
why do I feel gross? And um, like, it's the Jack Johnson effect. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> the Jack Johnson. It's okay. Oh, oh gotta, guys, I almost a forgot. To, page of the Jack Johnson I, effect. <laughs> the Jack Johnson effect. I, I almost forgot to mention they might be giants because I do it every episode. They might, <laughs> they might be giants has a song called Your Racist Friend. So... This kind of reminds me of that when Michelle just said that. It's like you're listening to someone and you're like, oh, I like this person. And then all of a sudden they drop like, 9-11 was an inside job. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. That's the, this I don't think we can be like, friends anymore. <laughs> this reminds me of that Avenue Q song that everyone's a little yeah. bit racist. Maybe Steve's saying right. everyone's a little bit sexist. Yeah, well. We and yeah. Michelle's Michelle's right. We got to point it out when we see it and be mindful of this shit. Yes. See something, say something. <laughs> I'm going to give you, my rating based on the idea that this is not a sexist song, that <laughs> he is actually trying to be to shine a light on sexism and on the way that men are, can be chauvinistic. Um, I think it's a beautiful song, and if he is in tr- in fact trying to be ironic with his lyrics, to me it's a four point five four four point two five. But I want to star next to this one because if that's not what it is, if down the road, like somehow we find out like he does an interview or, you know, maybe we interview him and we would love to interview. (laughs) If we, if it comes out in an interview that this, that he totally didn't realize it, it was unintentional, but there was sexism that was inherently in the song based on culture and time and, and not knowing uh, that we that we were being sexist and chauvinistic in the way that we were viewing women and talking about women, then this drops to a 3.25 for exactly that reason. And maybe he was writing about somebody else. And, may, you know, if he wants to come on the podcast and explain it directly to me and explain... Are you just baiting him now? Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> How many episodes can we bait them? Every episode. <laughs> By the way, we, I can't, we have not okay. randomly invited anyone else onto this show this episode yet. No. Um, Jack Johnson, if like... you'd like to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and justify your lyrics. Um, Andrew Jace Clay, you're I... also... No, wait, no, you're not yeah. welcome. <laughs> I want Steven to come on the show yeah. um, and talk about the song Conventioneers. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And we'll get to that in about a year, I think. The C's. <laughs> um, no, actually less, about eight months. Oh, wow, Tracy's got this um, all planned out. <laughs> I got it down to the week at this point. It'll be a valent. Oh, we can have Stephen <laughs> on for Valentine's Day, and he can explain conventioners to us because that's a great. That's a... see, that's a song that could be, but it's great. Anyway. I'm not gonna. I don't want to give any spoilers for anybody who's not listened to Conventioners, <laughs> but it's a great song and you need to listen to it. Um, basically, my point is that I'm not um, a, making a blanket statement about all their work because a lot of their topics are questionable and kind of touchy, and I think they're excellent. But this one is just not okay. And I was just I was just looking. We actually hit Conventioners in January. Okay, yeah, I was year. close. Beautiful. I was close. So we'll have to hold it off a month and invite him on for <laughs> Valentine's Day and just we'll, we'll not do anything for a month. That's fine. So appearance for this week. That was me. That was me. This is
I want to try to save Ed a little bit here. I I want and... you to. I want you to save him. <laughs> Ed did this wonderful um, short appearance. Um, he does backing vocals by himself on a song called Tell Your Stories by Melanie Duane. I'm going to mispronounce her name. I know this already. Melanie Duane, I believe. Uh, D-O-A-N-E. I'll have the the connection. Uh, I'll have the, the link in the description. Um, off the album Shakespearean Fish in 1998. So this was just after they had done Maybe You Should Drive. Um, it starts with a very similar type of sound, which is very simple very simple kind of guitar type sound and ed's harmonies are just on point and they blend so well with her soprano voice um she is i mean i've i've never heard of her um although i've heard her music and not realized it i've never heard of her directly um she is actually probably relatively big in Canada. Any Canadian people, you can come on and tell us otherwise, um, or or back that up. But Justin so Trudeau, we six... would like to invite you onto the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we totally would. We'd also like to invite you to take over being our president. Yes, he, he, he <laughs> would Melanie be... Dwayne, you're welcome on the show anytime. <laughs> Justin Trudeau <laughs> is actually a perfect example of a pretty face. You know what I mean? Like, but he has a lot going on. But he does have a lot going on. He's running a country. So I want to get back to Melanie Dwayne. Sorry, <laughs> she's got she's released six albums. Seven of them have she's had seven top forty hits in Canada. She has several of her t- her songs on TV shows and movies, um, including one of my favorites, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where yes. she did a, a uh, where they used her song "I Can't Take My Eyes Off You." Not the other one from the 60s um on the episode uh called family from season five when tara and willow are dancing and they begin to levitate off the floor um is a gorgeous scene with a beautiful beautiful song um so i want to want to throw that out there people i will put the link in there and please go out and listen to this song it is gorgeous and if you subscribe to her letter, she sends you three free songs to just download automatically into your computer. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. And you can also find her, I believe, at MelanieDuane.com. So I'll put that link up there, too. <coughs> so this episode could have been the Yoko Ono to our, to our group. <laughs> we'll see. Michelle and Aaron, I hope you continue to be my best damn friends. Of course. Always. And come back next week so we can discuss best damn friends. Best damn friends. If if I could show up for this episode, I'll definitely be able to show up. For best damn friends. That would be beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see? I really enjoyed talking about that. And I, I really do thank you, Michelle, for... For coming on, even though you didn't like the song and it made you a little upset, I I think that's it's yeah. extremely valuable to get that that female perspective. And, and you know, uh, we 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 joke a lot, but having having dated uh, two uh, in, d- different individuals who are in the public eye uh, and seen the private messages they get, it is a different world. Guys do not understand how constant it is being a woman. 
uh, it, it shook me when I saw some of these things. Like, it's just it's nonstop. And I, God, I don't think I could deal with that. So props to you, women, and keep dealing with our bullshit. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I I hope that I speak for the rest of mankind when I say that us males will try to be better and we'll try to be hold ourselves up to that standard that you are holding Ed and Steven to. Yes. And thank you for holding don't, us up for it. Yeah, yes. indeed. Don't make me break up with you guys, too. <laughs> that would make me upset. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No, I appreciate being able to um, have some honest dialogue about this. Yeah, and, it's important. And get to the point of what, like, working through my process of being able to figure out what the problem was for me. So I appreciate you guys working through that with me. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate us coining the Jack Johnson effect. And and being open enough and willing to listen, you don't find that in men in the world a lot. And I really appreciate that about the two of you. So oh, Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Oh, well, have a good yeah, night. Have a good night. Talk to you guys next week. Well, thank you. And that was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.